Welcome to Film Grain, the official podcast of the Film Society of Northwestern Pennsylvania and the Greater Erie Film Office. This week, we're talking about our holiday favorites. That means a lot of different things, as you'll see as we start talking. I'm Erica Berlin, the executive director of the Film Society of Northwestern PA. I'm John Lyons, a filmmaker, teaching artist, and the director of programming for the Film Society. I'm Mike Berlin, the resident production fanatic in Whoville. <laughs> the Whoville. If you could see him, you would know why he is a Whoville. So huh. this week, it is the end of 2020, the longest wow. year on wow. record. Wow. The worst in recent memory. It Who seems like an eternity when we were just about to show Knives Out and Uncut Gems at Film Grain Dinner and a Movie, and I was so excited to see them again on a big screen. And then we were like, well, maybe we'll be able to come back like late summer. I remember making the graphic to put on Facebook. Hey, uh, everyone, Film Grain is on pause. We're going yeah, to just a short back off. a little bit. So we, we rescheduled the events. We said, yeah. OK, we're going to push those back later into the spring. And then we pushed them back a little bit further into the summer. Wow, wishful thinking, huh? Oh man. What do you guys, how many films in theaters do you think you saw this fail this year? One, oh. two, no, one. Yeah, I'd have to look. Oh, I, this year, before, like before. Like before. Including before, yes, that's kind of the fun, yeah. I think, I think at five. Yeah, I was going to say probably one hand or two hands. I'm not yeah. sure. I'd have to look at a calendar now. Yeah. I can't even remember what came out. Before. I know the last one I saw was Tenant. Yes, and that that, that yeah. was enough to convince me to not go back to the theater for a <laughs> Yeah. Well, Mike and I, we saw Tenant. That's yeah. the only movie I can remember seeing in a theater this year. But I Same. I can't think of any other movies. Unearth was my most enjoyable film moment oh, of the year. We, it was, absolutely. It was a private drive-in screening. That was that was a special night. That was, was. spectacular. But still yes. no one else has been able to see it. <laughs> Speaking people of People in COVID, Europe have seen it. Yeah, a bunch of people in Europe. People in the Canary Islands have seen it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lucky ducks. Lucky ducks. Not just for the Canary Islands either. <laughs> That's right. Well, yeah. So this is our last one, Erica, of the year. No, it isn't. Our last episode of the year. Uh-uh. No? We have We're... one more. Oh, okay. We have one more. There's only one week left in December. We're recording one. Ah, uh, yeah. That's okay. Do you want to tease uh, any Let's of the stuff it. we have coming up? I think we should tease. Let's give a little little taste. A little taste. So our first episode of 2021 is pretty exciting. Yeah. For our local our local friends. So coming up in January 2021 is the premiere of Undercover Billionaire season 2, which is the, called The New Class. The New Class. No, it's not. <laughs> no. Um, it kind of feels that way, but no, it's Undercover Billionaire Comeback City. So Glenn Stearns liked Erie so much that he came back yeah. for season two. So we have members of the new class coming Ooh. on the podcast, and we're working on that right now. So season two premieres January 6th, that's a Wednesday, and January 4th, we'll be kicking off 2021 with an episode with the new cast members it's gonna be great yeah tune in here first that's right. wetting the people's appetite that's i love right. it i really you know i i know that a bunch of people didn't watch it just because it was reality tv and some didn't like it but i have to be honest i thought it was an actual like low level entrepreneur education show i thought it i thought it served a good purpose i'm a little biased it's eerie of course it but but i i thought they did well well i think after talking just briefly to the new class 
to uh, the new cast members and seeing what some of their businesses have done after working with Glenn, I'm excited to talk to them more because they're really interesting and what they've just seeing what they've done since working with him has been really great. Um, I know Mike and I have gone to hang out uh, at uh, Tipsy Bean, one of the one of the businesses that has benefited, that has changed a little bit, Giselle Latrell and her business. She's done some really cool stuff over there at Tipsy Bean, and she's just one of them. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to talking to the other cast members and hearing what they've what they've done. So, that'll be January 4th, and then we've got some other cool. Guests yeah, we, up. we don't know the dates we're going to release them yet, but um, yeah, we're going to have a, a producer on who um, did Ready or Not, which was kind of a big, fun horror thriller hit it's on HBO Max, and he is producing the new Scream movie. They just wrapped production during COVID, um, and we'll be talking to him about his experiences. Um, he's actually from Pennsylvania originally. Cool guy, Chad Villella. And we're also going to be talking to uh, indie film hustles, Alex Ferrari as well. And we're going to pick his brain on the state of independent film now and, <laughs> and kind of the whole landscape. And then about, um, you know, creating the million dollar the city of the million dollar movie here in Erie. So how we can be friendly in this new climate and lead the way um, for independent film production. So that will be an interesting conversation. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so, and what else, what else we got some, we're going to be doing some new segments and stuff. Do we want to talk about that? Like some format teases? Sure. Maybe Mike, Mike wants to, tease something well okay uh i think uh which one should we um <laughs> it's the old look, which one <laughs> which one should we, uh okay i'll start with this one we are going to take us uh and we won't probably do this every episode but when we feel passionate and when we feel it like the spirit come to us we are going to start a segment called soapbox Ooh. And uh, in Soapbox, we are going to get, provide either Erica, John, or myself a, uh, a special period of time to... Uh, it, wait, was it Soapbox or Key Light? We, did we decide? That's, that's, no, okay. Soapbox. Yeah, Soapbox, soapbox. is... Cinema the... Soapbox. Cinema Soapbox. And so we're going to allow that person an, an, an op-ed opportunity to rant, <laughs> rave, or... Or blabber, Gripes, like I'm doing right now. Gripes, bitches, and complaints. Gripes, bitches, and complaints. <laughs> it's like the bottom of a YouTube page coming straight from our unfiltered mouths. The and comment so, section of a Go Eerie article. Yeah, oh, right. my yes. God. <laughs> so, so Cinema Soapbox, you can be uh, so uh, you can be looking forward to that. And so I think we're all looking forward to those little moments. I'm uh, looking wants, forward to that. Who wants I mean, to, I have strong feelings. I think for everybody example, in this group has strong for feelings. For example... I may have to do some defense tonight. Oh. I may have to do some defense and that's okay. I don't think you're going to actually. I think that I'm going to get, I think we'll I'll see. get some backing. I, I, I may not have to get up on my soapbox tonight. I know there'll be listeners that will, will back me on my choices. To be clear, the soapbox doesn't always have to, doesn't always have to be a defensive stance. That's true. You could just, uh, you know, lead the charge for something that people don't know about, you know, I, yeah. call call out some, give some shout outs. That's yes. right. Who wants to announce the other one? What are we calling the other ones? What's the, what's <laughs> well, the pitch elevator one? Pitch. Elevator pitch. Erica, remind us, what's elevator pitch? Well, elevator pitch? pitch is basically when you come up with an idea, you have a, you have a minute to, to pitch it. Yeah. You kept you know? somebody in the elevator. That's right. You got someone in the elevator. You you got a minute to pitch it. Can you sell it? Can you sell your your idea? So we might invite some filmmakers on uh, that are working on some new projects. So maybe um, some filmmakers that have been on the podcast before that have some projects coming up. If they're listening to this, they better start working on those pitches because we're going to be calling them on. That's right. <laughs> we may do our pitches to them. 
That's right. <laughs> and to each other. So the other fun way we can play this is, you know, if we have movie recommendations um, for you all each each week, we might um, have a little competition to try and convince you of of what what one you should be watching. So That's right. <laughs> we're gonna have some fun with it. That's right. We might want to try some other fun ideas out on you and see what you like. Yeah. Be and we'll be sharing what we're watching too. That's right. Give you our recommendations because we watch a lot. That's right. And people Too always want to know much. what to watch. You know, I actually had to give an elevator pitch once in Los Angeles. Did I ever tell you guys this? No. When Dorota and I were in Los Angeles, when Schism uh, premiered at a film festival there at the, what was it called? The Los Angeles Independent Theater or something like that. It was a cool little theater. At the hotel that we stayed in, um, we were going down an elevator from the top floor where the club was, and there was a very well-dressed gentleman in there with an accent. And he's like, oh, what are you in town for? I can't even remember his accent now. Um, and I told him and he asked me what the movie was about and he was a venture capitalist and he gave me his business card and I invited him to see the movie and he actually showed up to see the movie. And then he said, give me a call when you get back to Erie, Pennsylvania. And I did. And he never, uh, never <laughs> called me back. <laughs> but the elevator pitch got him to the movie where he then apparently had other things to invest in. Wow. Oh, well. You got him to the movie. That's, that's, a, right. that's great. I still have his business card. I should, yeah. I should call him out. Yeah, but I, call but him I out. Not, I will not. Give him a pitch for Unearth. Uh, but you never know. So it's good for, for us all making movies and in business to hone these skills. So it'll be it's fun. It's good that you got an opportunity to do that. Yeah, in an yeah. elevator. In an elevator. <laughs> so weird. All right. In an actual elevator. Yeah, so look for some, look for all new things in 2021. We've got some fun ideas and you'll see some different things from us in 2021. We're very thanks. Excited. Thanks so much for listening. And um, yeah, we want to hear from you. So let us know what you think, what you like, yes. what you want more of. Yes. Thank you for listening. And with that, we're going to start our holiday fun. And yes, I did push for this. We need like some jingle bells or something. Does anybody have right. any bells or something? They can uh, jingle. Jingle jangle. I'll, I'll get some. I'll get jingle, some. Jingle jingle jingle. You just sing. How about you just sing? <laughs> what song was that? Song. What What's your favorite? What's your favorite holiday, John? I mean, because of our party, Halloween. Yeah. yeah our party. Our Halloween party is so much fun. Take but... a moment to mourn for our party. <laughs> yeah, just another, just another loss this year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Erica, why don't you kick us off? Okay. Well, so we, first of all, let me set this up. We talked about what are our favorite holiday movies? It's around Christmas. So pick your favorite Christmas movie. But then John said, well, I don't like any Christmas movies. Okay. <laughs> bah humbug. Thanks. I only like Hanukkah movies. <laughs> John's a so huge Adam Sandler fan. <laughs> That's right. You know, funny. Wait a minute, did anyone it? come up with an Adam Sandler movie at all? Funny People, which I liked, has a Thanksgiving uh, scene in it. So somebody could, I didn't put it on my list, but that's a Judd Apatow, um, Adam Sandler Thanksgiving movie. Yeah, I didn't come up with that at all. Sorry. <laughs> Continue. Michael, no. <laughs> okay. Not my favorite Judd Apatow. So then we broadened the scope a little bit to, okay, what about holiday? Okay, holiday. Then we broadened even further. What about movies that kind of take place around <laughs> this time of year? Okay, so. Holiday time films. How about favorite? How about movies about time? time? Okay, fine. So this is where we ended up. Movies about time. No, we didn't say. No, <laughs> Holiday time. There's holiday like, times and holiday time. Movies about November, December, and January. That's right. Okay. So 
I will kick off. So I think I'm the only person who actually adhered to holiday as in Christmas movies. Um, so I'm going to start with a movie that You're I- You're a good like. Catholic. Mm. Good, good Catholic girl. If only I were Catholic. Um, I'm going to start off with a movie that I love and I hate. How's that? Ooh. This is a movie that I love, hate. I love to hate. Interesting. Yeah. If it was an actual person, it would be a friend of me. Okay. Ooh. I'm sure. I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm sure that you are very surprised by this. I'm curious. Yes, I know. Right. So this movie is called The Family Stone. Oh, have yeah, you heard I, of it? I, I did not like this one. Okay. I figured you wouldn't like it. <laughs> Michael? I hate this movie. You know, okay. I hate this movie. All right. And I hate it in many ways too. In fact, when I watched it, I took some notes on it because I thought, here are the things that I love and here are the things that I hate. And I'll spare you going through the whole plot, but the kind of high level is mm -hmm. the most annoying character in the entire world played by the most annoying actress in the entire world goes. Sarah Jessica Parker. Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Rachel yeah. McAdams. I'm a big fan of Rachel McAdams. Yeah, I know she no, right? Nobody yeah, gets actually, out of this one well. I love. I'm not talking <laughs> nobody about- Nobody gets out of this one well. I'm talking about Sarah Jessica Parker, hmm. who I loathe. Sex in the City? Come on. Classic. Classic. Okay. Don't I all like women Sarah. just have to love Sex in the City? Just I, I was going to say Honeymoon in Vegas would probably be my Sarah Jessica Parker movie, but- haven't seen it. I right. love, Mike, that you keep saying my name when you say Sarah Jessica Parker, because you're saying Sarahka Jessica Parker. <laughs> you, you keep combining my name with Sarah Jessica Parker. I'm not start drinking I don't yet. I know if I'm flattered or <laughs> yeah. not, but anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, has Mike been enjoying some uh, not yet, not cheer? Yet. Not yet. I, not yet. I have been in, I have been testing out different uh, infused gins for the holidays. This he really a, has. This is actually a real thing. He's been I'm infusing doing, gins lately. With but some not rose. Yet today. Did you have some rose infused? No, no, no. I did some ginger. Coriander infused gin. I cannot recommend this enough. Coriander. <laughs> like you don't have to get the nicest gin. Just let it sit for 24 hours. Can you hours? tell he has some time on his hands? Yeah. Do they have a candy cane uh, infused <laughs> gin for the holidays? They, you probably could. The one that I found for the holiday was ginger. Okay. And ginger, it's, and then there's a cinnamon one that you can okay. do. Okay. We're already way off track. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, Erica. Sarah Jessica Erica Parker, Jessica, please. Sarah <laughs> Jessica Parker. Okay. She plays this girl named Meredith, who's this totally uptight, horrible, low self esteem woman who is desperate for um, to be accepted by this family who is already like in this horrible state of, you know, they're, they're this incredibly warm, loving, sensitive family who the matriarch is dying of breast cancer. Mm. So they're all in this state of stress, but they're all very warm and open. I don't know. Anyway, they all hate her. And so she has a it's even worse. Anyway, it's terrible. The movie is terrible, but here's why I love it. Because this family reminds me so much of the Berlin family. Oh. Okay. Interesting. Wow. There I'm, are not, I'm, not, I'm not complimented. I'm not No, there are that. a lot of differences, but the house is this like comfortable messy, messiness. Yeah. It reminds me of the Berlins. Like artists live there. Yes. The dad is some kind of liberal uh, uh, academic. Sure. Okay. That's different, but it's also kind of similar. Okay. So when I watch the movie, I'm kind of reminded of the Berlin family, which is why I think I like it so much because it reminds me of... Did you see it before meeting Mike, though? How old is this movie? Yeah, you definitely saw this before. Yeah, I, I did see it before. Okay. But like, Maybe you hated it, and then after falling in love and becoming a part of Mike's family, maybe that's where the love-hate Probably, kind of... probably. But it also... It's trying to save you there, Erica. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's <laughs> it. But it also has that kind of... They live in this big New England house. Yeah. It is kind of like you love 
the aesthetic, it's like this beautiful set, this beautiful home. But then when you kind of meet a family that looks and that reminds you of like the real people in the movie, you're like, yeah. oh my God, they're like real people like that. So who's um, the Serica Jessica Parker? Uh, well, I, <laughs> you know what's odd about this? The, the movie that reminds me of my family is Escape from New York, but that's for different <laughs> reasons entirely. Please, Erica, continue. <laughs> <laughs> but nice. i mean they the the siblings like hook up with the other siblings i hate that yeah you mean like a game of thrones thing or <laughs> this does not happen in my family I what know, are you talking about it's not it doesn't have anything no exactly but it's so stupid it's when's so the last time you've seen it have you seen it a bunch I watched it just the other day. Okay, so some okay. for some reason you like to punish yourself. With I do. <laughs> so like I said, there are things about it that I like because I love Rachel McAdams in it because she just flops around in like sweatpants and t-shirts and she eats cereal the whole time. And she's definitely the most believable of all the characters. Um, Luke Wilson is kind of like, Luke Wilson. Luke right. Wilson is in it. Yeah, he's the documentary filmmaker. You know, he's kind yeah. of like the low key. He reminds me of Mike. He's like the Mike. I wish I had his height. Yeah, I know, honey. I know. But you know, Diane Keaton plays the matriarch and she's oh, always okay. amazing in everything yeah. that she's in. Is she and wearing gloves in this movie? No, no gloves. But here, but again, that's. It's Diane Keaton, so it's, she's awesome, but it's like the morning and she's wearing like she you, it's clear that she's wearing her bathrobe, but she's also wearing like like a button down shirt that has like cuffed sleeves coming out. And you're like, what are you doing? It's the morning. Like, yeah. Wearing well, but Diane Keaton has a like um, she's like a germaphobe or something. She always wears gloves. She's always well, wearing she gloves. So I wonder if like her costume was partially designed like to make her feel comfortable oh. or something. I will say she's the one who makes out best in this movie because she dies at the end. So if there's ever a sequel, she'll, she won't have to come back. Spoiler. Does Spoiler. she make out with her Thanks, brother? Mike. Is that what you're saying? Does she make out with her brother also? Oh, you say that siblings are hooking up with siblings? I'm so confused by this movie. It's yeah. not the movie I recall. Oh my no. God. Well, Mike spoiled it, so nobody has to watch it now. <laughs> It's the family bone, not the family stone. I took, <laughs> I took two pages of notes while I was watching this movie about all the things that I disliked. And I there's way too many notes about like, why do you think she behaved this way? What's going on there? He's going against the grain of his family. Luke Wilson is okay to cry. There's a lot of, so this is what why it's not like Mike's family. It's because like everybody is okay to cry and like, that is not okay in Mike's family. We um, bury our feelings deep. I got it. I got it. <laughs> One note. Here's the thing that I, I took a note. Okay, that That's amount. That's why you're like short and stocky, Mike, right? Like, it's compact. <laughs> the emotions are compact. <laughs> like a diamond. He's like a diamond. <laughs> okay. Chiseled and forged okay. by pressure. <laughs> so the one brother is deaf. Okay, these are just my random notes. The one brother is deaf. Okay. So instead of her, like, I don't know, figuring out a different way to communicate with him easily, she yells at him. Yeah. Serica yells at him. She's like, I don't know if you know this, but I'm from New York City. And in, so she's like overemphasizing her lips and shouting in his face. Okay. That's the dumbest thing I've I ever I don't remember seen. this movie at all now. Okay. You're better off. Here's yep. another thing that is stupid. There, there's one refrigerator. Most there's like eight adults in the house, and there's plenty of room in that refrigerator. There's no way there would be that much room in a refrigerator oh my around God, you're picking this for apart. that amount of adult of adults. Okay, the, the fine details. It's, it's a just detail. a it's just a rom com, right? Things I know. I just noticed something like this. Then there's the ending, and I wrote touching and grotesquely awkward. All right. Do not watch. So the takeaway is do not watch this movie. So we're starting off our list of movies. favorite holiday time films with do not watch. That's right. Family film. Erica, give give us one that you love. Come on. You got to balance that out. All right. 
You got to balance. You want me to do my stuff. next one right now? Or are we going coming back to me? How I many do you have? You probably right. have a bunch, right? I have a lot. Yeah. Um, here's one I don't have a ton of notes on, but I have right. the perfect transition. So right at the end of are we still on family stuff let's go kick it kick kick that kick family the, stone off the train. next movie, <laughs> next movie. kick that right thing at down the, the, end hill. Of the movie he asks so what are you doing for new year's eve well this is a very uh, very common phrase asked in movies and it comes from the song that was written way back in the 40s a lot of people have redone this song. Okay, so this transition is perfect. When Harry met Sally, there's two scenes. Mm -hmm. There's Good two call. New Year's Eve scenes. Mm -hmm. Everyone talks about the last one, but the first New Year's Eve scene, after they've had, they've kind of had this ramp up in the movie where they're becoming really good friends. They've, ha they've had that scene in the, you know, they've had that scene in the deli where she's faked the orgasm and <laughs> they've gone Christmas shopping and they're just really like, they're becoming really, really good friends. Mm -hmm. They've had all these great conversations and they go out for New Year's Eve and they're having a great time dancing. And then a slow song comes on and she's like, see, now we can dance cheek to cheek. And there's like this moment where they're both like, hmm, maybe we feel something. So she's like, let's go out and get some air. And they go outside and they kind of like separate and they kind of like take a deep breath. And then there's the countdown. And then they kind of like, oh, happy new year, you know? And then they kind of- They don't kiss? Well, they kind of do like a, like a brief kiss and a hug and happy new year. Okay. And then they say, how about next year, if it's new year's Eve, and neither of us has a date. You got, we got a date. So they kind of make this pledge mm -hmm. next New Year's. Well, we all know what happens by next New Year's. The sequel, you've got mail. <laughs> yes. No, no? Okay. Was that so wrong? Forget the fact that When Harry Met Sally is the first true rom-com that kicks off the rom-com era, right? The new rom-com hmm. era, the Meg okay. Ryan rom-com yeah. era. Yeah, yeah. Julia um, Roberts. That's right. Meg Ryan. The Julia Roberts. Nora Ephron, but you know. Nora Ephron. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. What were we watching the other night where she does the, where she makes fun of the Julia Roberts snap case? Mike, what were we watching? Oh, is that like Bridesmaids or something? I'm trying. I no. think I've seen that recently. It's... Where she fakes it, where somebody goes like this. Oh, it's. It's Arrested Development. Arrested Development. Uh, yes, yeah. yes. When Charlize Theron, she fakes it. Okay, detour. Um, but we all know what happens after that. They end up sleeping together, and then they get in a big fight, and they're not friends anymore. Hmm. And then you get to the New Year's Eve scene, the makeup, you know, and then the best New Year's Eve scene ever. She wears satin gloves with her strapless gown, which I don't know. I haven't seen that since prom. Hmm. I'd like to know if that's in. You I would really bring like that back. We, yeah, I'd like to know if it's a thing anymore. Can we wear the strapless dresses with the satin gloves? We're going to have to ask, consult Emily George on that one. I would like an opportunity to wear a gown like that again. We should ask our listeners if they would like all, all the hosts to wear, wear that as our uniform. That's right. Mm. So when we do our photo shoot, <laughs> sure, our clavicles with right. the with the gloves, we should all do our best, Meg Ryan. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that that's that's got to happen. What are you doing New Year's Eve? There's my tribute to New Year's Eve. Um, all right. The holiday definitely has a nice, you know, last. What do you you know? Do you have plans for New Year's Eve? And then. Yeah. Anyway, but that's kind of cheesy. That's my other cheesy one. No, those the are final, that's good. The final one I have. I was going to say that could transition into Mike really switching gears. Can I say my last one? Oh, geez. You want to go through them all? Yeah, yeah, of course. Wait, you only had three? <laughs> 
have like, just because you guys have 15 each. Yeah, I have like 15. Let me do my one I've last. Three. I've got three. I've got three. I have one last. Let's, I knew Mike had three. Let's hear it. Meet me in St. Louis. You just watched this, didn't you? That's why I just watched ah, it. Ah, okay. This, this is the one I will co-sign with her. This is a Thank good you. one. Yeah. Okay. This is a musical in honor of my funny girls. This is my group of girls that we used to get together on Sundays, one Sunday a month. We would watch our musical. We would have our lunch. We have not gotten together in over a year. Um, the group kind of dissipated when some people moved away and I miss them very much, but you should bring it back, bring it back for 2021. Hopefully maybe, maybe I'll, I'll take the temperature on that one. There's we'll, still hope. There's still hope. So Meet Me in St. Louis is actually a very simple, lovely story. There's not much going on. It who's, is simply- Who's in it? It stars Judy Garland. There you and go. And she is, it is, it is kind of her, her movie. No as one they else- were. As they were. As they all were. It's directed by her- husband one one of her husbands <laughs> yeah. first husband okay so for like six months it's amazing she has gorgeous hair beautiful auburn hair she has an incredible voice it's judy garland after all she has that tiny little corseted waist the story is very simple it's a family in st louis st hmm. louis if you will mm -hmm. it's four seasons of a family life the winter season is where you get your holiday. Okay. Um, the song Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas isn't so much a tribute to Christmas as it is a song that Judy sings to comfort her younger sister when she is sad. Oh, really? Because hmm. the family is going to move away to New York City because their father has gotten a job there and her mm. sister is totally distraught because she loves her home and she loves her friends and she loves St. Louis and she doesn't want to leave. Mm. And in fact, when Mike and I were watching it, Mike pulled out his old film book to the meet me in St. Louis page. And there's a whole write up on it because Hmm. Essentially, it is noted because hmm. it's a film that's quite simply about nostalgia, really. One of the interesting things about this film, uh, noted from like Berto, Bertolucci and stuff like that, is that there was a period of time in the U.S. where... Bernardo like, Bertolucci? Ber excuse me, Bernardo Bertolucci, where there was a bunch of films like uh, Meet Me in St. Louis, where the America was going through a period of transition. Uh, it's, film happens in 1944 mm. and America, we're just coming out of the second world war. And as we know, films in chunks tend to reflect what the cultural zeitgeist is happening at the time. And me in St. Louis is this very nice skittled flavor piece of home entertainment in, in a musical and beautiful technicolor inside its nice nougat shell there's really something going on talking about uh status in america and oh, the american okay. like in the american american neutral like nuclear family and stuff like that because as the father is getting ready to move to new york and stuff like that it says something about you know where we are in the rest of the country uh another film that sort of explores this uh motif would be something as pointed out like orson welles's the Magnificent Ambersons. I will now tag it back here. The sisters, it's four sisters and one brother. It's the kind of adorable where the older brother takes the older sister as the date to the dance because neither of them have dates. And if they go as their, their siblings date to the dance, then they can fill up their dance cards with, you know, <laughs> with with people at the dance and not feel bad about it um this this takes place in 1903 it is so wholesome and sweet and the music is fabulous judy sings a lot and and there's you know grandpa with his pipe 
Um, the theme from Meet Me in St. Louis, if you heard it, you'd be like, I have heard that before. You know, they sing Skip to My Lou. They sing, you know, ding, ding, ding goes the trolley. Um, but the 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 big Christmas tree, I mean, everyone has heard Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. And it has that twinge of melancholy to it because it's a it's it's a um it is a, a melancholic song. It it does have that twinge of of you know it's it's kind it's sad now, but don't worry, things are gonna be things are gonna be okay. Just you'll make it through this this sad time. And you know I didn't when understand you, that that layering about the song and yeah. until hearing you guys speak about this movie. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, hmm. it's it's you know, and spoiler, they actually don't go to New York because the whole family dies. They just, yeah. Eventually. They all die yes. in a horse Eventually. and buggy accident. <laughs> <laughs> but Mike is so Wait, right. is this for real? No. The no, beauty no, 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 of no. Technicolor, I'll tell you, the beauty of Technicolor is so incredible. Hmm. The night that the kids go out on Halloween, it looks like it. you're watching like E.T. I mean, it looks like you're watching a movie from the 80s or 90s. You know, they shot the night scenes in Technicolor, right, Mike? All, I mean, they shot all of it, all of it, the whole film. Oh, all of it, I know. And, but when you watch the night scenes in particular, it looks like... Really pops, huh? It's gorgeous. And to be clear for the listening audience, Technicolor isn't necessarily something you just shoot in. It was a uh, post-production process where they dyed this, uh, the colors in to really uh, make them pop in post-production when they yeah. were processing the film. Yeah. So awesome. meet me in St. Louis, family friendly, beautiful music, highly recommend for the holidays. Is there anywhere, do you know off the top of your head where you can see Meet Me in St. Louis and- HBO Max. Okay, and what about When Harry Met Sally? It's also on HBO Max right now. Oh, great. Yeah. Fantastic. And well, The yeah. Family Stone is- Well, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if that was a ringing endorsement for- <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you and Mike, will be the quality the high quality um you know the the top and the bottom of of this holiday shit sandwich which will be me in the middle section uh, so i think we should save mike for last because otherwise mine's gonna be a bummer because i'm okay. not like i'm not in-depth prepared um, okay I was letting Mike know before we started that um, so that I keep a record of everything that I've watched, because um, I do watch a, a few a few things, I rate things on IMDb, so I have a record. And so, Erica, I went through all of my 10s, 9s, and 8s, and it is clear that there is a big holiday hole in my interest <laughs> of, of movies um because there's really none that is like okay so i've got three different sections so the christmas gifts section so these are ones you know obviously set in the christmas season uh first one it's a romantic comedy it's love actually i, oh, I it's a guilty yeah. pleasure it's a guilty pleasure it's good i love good, that movie it's a good movie it. it is a good movie you know, English English uh, setting, Emma Thompson, Bill yeah. Nighy, Kira Knightley, yep. uh, which, you know, I have a soft spot for. Um, yeah. Martin Freeman. There's so many people in, in yeah. uh, this touching, light, yes. enjoyable piece of entertainment. It has a great energy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's love and holiday cheer and... Good stuff. Uh, Bad Santa, the first one, um, I I thought was pretty funny. But I'm 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 reaching here for the Christmas one. I'm reaching. I'm really it's kind of it, there's some funny stuff in Bad Santa. Yeah, it's Billy Bob Thornton. He's a drunk Santa at a, at a mall, and he's a you know he's a criminal, and it's bad language. It's not a family friendly movie, um, unless you're that that kind of family. Maybe then it's then it's just fine. The Nightmare Before Christmas, um, I 
I think is fantastic. So those are my Christmas gifts. The Nightmare Before Christmas, I think everybody knows what that is. It's a Tim Burton, like, stop-motion animated. It's a it's a slam together of Halloween and Christmas. Uh, I made a section called uh, Thanksgiving Disaster Pieces. John, can I, can, I, can I stop? Yes, there's something I have. You have a I correction. Have. I do have a correction Let's on this. Let's hear it. This always happens, and I have tried to correct it ever since it started happening. Set the, the record straight, Mike. Nightmare Before Christmas, not directed by Tim Burton, directed by Henry Selick. Oh, good call. Uh, Tim Burton's production studio, no <laughs> doubt about it, but it's like... I'm I giving him like the credit for years. A million people have. For the longest time, I thought it was Tim Burton. It is not Tim Burton. Did Danny Elfman do the music? He did do the music. That so, is correct. Yeah. This is basically like uh, the Wachowskis directing V for Vendetta, um, but <laughs> but they didn't actually. But they didn't. They didn't. Them. Yeah. So this is a, <laughs> and this is like a super common misconception. Wow. And I like this is. Uh, I remember learning about. I was like, I am never going to make that mistake again. Yeah. Cause well, because it's such a it's such a good movie, and he deserves the credit. For yeah. It. Thanks for Very giving sad. credit where credit is due, and uh, apologies, sir. I I uh, didn't mean to offend, but now I will look up your name and make sure I don't get that wrong in the future. <laughs> okay, so I have a section called Thanksgiving Disaster Pieces. Um, it seems like every Thanksgiving movie that I like seems to be set around a horrible, uh, like dysfunctional family or one person that is like, you know, about to go off uh, atomically in, in this collection of people. So uh, Krisha, um, I think is a fantastic, uh, have you guys seen Krisha? I have not. So Krisha, um, let me look. It's from Trey Edward Schultz, who um, his second film, actually he did It Comes at Night, yeah. which I love, and Waves, which came out last year, which is really fantastic um, as well. So uh, this is about Krisha, who returns to the family after like a 10 year absence. And the moment she gets there, um, you know, people are just nervous and it just starts ratcheting up more and more and more. And it's really great. Uh, the House of Yes, um, which is a pretty old indie from what wow. Mike, probably like the nineties. Yeah, it's early nineties. Wow, that um, man, wow, that's a good one. This is uh, with part early Parker Posey. Um, this is a really strange one. Uh, <laughs> I love this is a good movie. I haven't watched this in ages. That's, yeah. I totally forgot about this. And then I'll throw out the Ice Storm, um, which is another Thanksgiving one where uh, you know Ang Angley, Angley, yep, yeah. um, great cast again, um, great director, and uh, yeah, it's got Kevin Klein, Joan Allen, Sigourney Weaver, um, Toby uh, McGuire. Toby Maguire, Christina Ricci, Elijah Wood, um, you know, two families, uh, an ice storm, and they get kind of stuck together and, in a uh, in a in a fishbowl. Yeah, and things things <laughs> things happen. <laughs> okay, and then my last section is these are holiday time films, so this is pretty loose, uh, but you got Die Hard, of course. Carol, which which I love, um, which takes place during. Oh, you don't like Carol, man! That movie is great. The aesthetic, Mike. The Mike. acting is top notch. Mike, it's beautiful. Come on, Mike. Come on, Mike. I, I'm I am in the minority on this. Uh, I did not enjoy this film, but we that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. <laughs> that's all right, um, Doctor Zhivago. A recent one, I'm thinking of ending things. It was one of my favorites from last year. It's very weird. Uh, I can't recommend it because probably most people will, will hate it. But um, I think I could recommend everything else. It's Charlie Kaufman, right? Yeah, everything yeah. else on my list. It's Charlie Kaufman, you know, getting a lot of money from Netflix. And as we've seen with David Fincher and some others, you know, when they have really carte blanche uh sometimes that doesn't necessarily work out because you know they can be very long and but 
Charlie Kaufman going on for a little too like, long. I'm okay with it. That sounds like a cinema soapbox in the future, John. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, so that's that's mine. So let's get to the good stuff, the in-depth <laughs> coverage. Let's oh, get back boy. to Mike Berlin. Okay, so I Thank did you, it. John. I, I I actually like a lot of those choices. Uh, I, I'm going to give a special shout out because it's not on my list, though. Uh, uh, Bill Murray's Scrooged. And so I'm not going to talk about it, but I love, love that one for personal reasons. And of course, Christmas Vacation, National Lampoon. So oh, of right. course. Watch, watch it every year. Yes. Uh, uh, the one that I hate, hot take here, maybe someday my cinema soapbox, Home Alone. We're not getting into that right now. I love I, Home Alone. I hate Home Alone. Hated it, it as a kid. Okay, so the three that quick, I want. Quick trivia. Does anybody know how many Home Alone movies there are? Five? Five. Oh, wow. I think you're both right. Yeah. I think there's two without uh, Macaulay Culkin. That was a total snap guess. Hot <laughs> guess. Did. I know there's a bunch of like that were VOD. So. Yeah. Okay. How uh, many was were Donald Trump in? One. <laughs> Enough. That was, that was two. Enough right? is the answer. Too many. <laughs> too many. Uh, leave it to Donald Trump to ruin Christmas. Back anyway. Back to you, Mike. Excellent. So we're, first one I'm going to do is a, is a Thanksgiving one. And this is 1994, Nobody's Fool, directed by Robert Benton. Uh, Benton's best known for uh, writing um, classic cinema classics like uh, Bonnie and Clyde and Kramer versus Kramer. And this is a Richard Russo book. And this was the second to last of his 11 Oscar nominations for Paul Newman. It's kind of almost a companion piece to The Verdict, but like a little bit on the lighter side. I would say. And um, quite a the, cast. An amazing, amazing cast. Uh, Melanie Griffith is in it. And she is, you know, I don't think she always gets associated as a great actor, but she is, she really, she really uh, bite, like puts her teeth into this role. And hmm. she is lovely in this movie. Uh, a, a swarmy, slimy Bruce Willis in this. And uh, <laughs> in like a really underrated uh, performance in his career. And uh, the other sort of small, smaller role that people will notice is uh, Philip Seymour, a young Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, and this film is just, he is, um, this film is based off of the Richard Reese book and Paul Newman character. He plays this curmudgeon who works uh, doing sort of construction jobs. And he has his entire life procrastinated and pushed off the big decisions. But in the meantime, he is, he sort of floats through life very easily handling things that as they had come. And one day his son around the time of Thanksgiving comes, shows up at his doorstep essentially with his grandson. And he is in the middle of a midlife crisis uh, on the brink of divorce with his wife. And uh, they're trying to figure out the custody of the children. And all of a sudden after sort of floating through his life in a sort of a alcoholic haze, uh, Paul Newman is suddenly forced to, uh, attend and look at and have some hard perspective of the decisions that he has made and some of those and how some of those decisions have maybe had ripple effects outside of himself uh mm -hmm. the film this is uh, a pretty uh, drama this is a firm firmly in the drama dr camp dramedy dramedy because okay. it's actually okay. pretty funny and i can't emphasize it enough the newman performance is spectacular here and uh one more note it is the last feature credit feature film credit of the beloved jessica Pampy. so that oh. anyway so yeah. this is one uh if you haven't it, it kind of slipped through uh yeah. didn't have a huge box office it pr probably got more recognition once newman got the oscar nomination but this is an excellent 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 movie uh the second one that's on amazon prime by the way i, I believe it's on amazon prime yes uh, so the second one is, and this one you will not be you will not be able to find easily, uh, is 1995 Strange Days, directed by Catherine Bigelow. I love this movie. This is, uh, and I honestly, I think this is one of those movies uh, that I saw super young, and I think it actually had a huge um, influence on me as far as I love cinema and. Yeah, again, another movie that didn't necessarily find its footing with its audience, but I think since then has garnered a cult audience. Uh, this is a really interesting story behind this film because from the conception, it was written in 1986, uh, at least the treatment idea by James Cameron. And the sort of the, 
the sort of general thesis of the movie is it's a film noir uh, sort of set uh, right before the days of 2000. And you got to remember people Y2K. like Y2K and the world, like, you know, we thought the world was going to go one way and that society was going to go off the tracks. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, this we're getting a lot of grunge in there and a lot of, uh, a lot of it, it felt very a uh, Cronenberg is maybe the best way. Like, mm-hmm. I think how the world thought it was going to go. This film has a lot of cinematic achievements in it because we don't have GoPros yet. And so they had to, especially, this took a year to, uh, Catherine Bigelow and uh, cinematographer uh, Matthew Leonetti take about a year to design a camera that had an interchangeable lens mount and that w- weighed about eight pounds that they would be able to sort of carry through and they, they strapped it right on the on the forehead of the actors. No, it was it was steady cam. It was steady cam. <laughs> there is one helmet now, and the story is about uh, Nero is a uh, he is a he is a dealer of a new type of drug where people will put on sensors onto their onto their heads, and then they could see the reality mm-hmm. of what the person who was recording that reality at the time, and they could feel it. So it's like this is this is VR before VR. Right, they are getting it through their. Their augmented reality and they're Oculus. feeling everything. This is some Oculus. For example, one of the characters in the movie is uh, he is paralyzed and he has he puts on the, the yeah he puts on the cap and he can all of a sudden see himself running on the beach. This is a this is a cyber film noir with some amazing performances by Ray Fiennes and Angela Bassett. Something yeah. interesting of note is that this film is. Sort of like Johnny Guitar, which is an old Joan Crawford story, yeah. hating film, where they flip the roles. So it's Angela Bassett is the protector in this movie, and Ray Fiennes is sort of the one who needs protecting. And uh, he is very vulnerable, He is, and it really amps up the dynamic on some mm-hmm. things. And uh, it has some... You know, just side notes, it has some great original music uh, written by PJ Harvey, but performed by Juliet Lewis. Wow. So, oh, yeah. Sure. Juliet Lewis is in the movie, too. She's in the movie. She plays Ray Fine's uh, troubled ex girlfriend. The thing so, with this one is yeah. you have to, like, you have to rent it because we can't find it anywhere on any streamers because I looked today because Mike got me excited. Yes. Yes. It's a difficult one to find. And it's got some great supporting roles from like Tom Sizemore and other, other name actors of the nineties. Anyway, check it out. Strange days. Good luck finding it. I, it's probably in the dollar bin at Walmart <laughs> or something like that. Uh, my last movie to end it on a upbeat note is 1992's A Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> I love this movie. I love this movie. I just uh, we just rewatched it, uh, directed by Brian Henson and uh, Jim Henson's son. And what I did not realize is that this was Brian Henson's film feature debut as a director, and it was the first movie, sadly, that uh, Henson Studios did after the passing of Jim Henson and also their mm. beloved uh, performer Richard Hunt, who died of AIDS or passed away from AIDS. Mm. And uh, so this was a. Uh, I, I think looking back and knowing that there's a little bit of gravitas sort of in the film and they made it very much a family affair from, you know, the Henson family. So they got all the performers in there uh, from Dave Goas, uh, Jerry Nelson, David Rudman and Frank Oz. And then it introduced Steve Wittemeyer as Kermit the Frog, who has since gone on and done Kermit for like ever now. This is just a, this is just a super Excellent, charming rendition of a Christmas Carol. Ebenezer Scrooge, played by <laughs> played by Michael Caine, and they are originally it was going to be uh, George Carlin who's going to play the role, and Peter O'Toole was interested in it too. But Caine, like he went and he was like he had his agent pretty much blasting the studio every day and told them that he wanted to play the part because he felt like he missed out on being a guest at the, on the Muppet Show back in the seventies. <laughs> And so he really wanted to do it. He he petitioned for the role. And then when he got there, he told them that he was going to, going to try to get this right. I'm going to play this movie like I'm working with the Royal Shakespeare Company and I will do nothing Muppetry. <laughs> and he gives an amazing performance as Ebenezer Scrooge. Muppetry. Like he, Muppetry. he is 
Muppetry. He is Muppetry. So he really get he really throws right. himself into it in a like and it has since then he he considers this one of his personal favorite performances. That's awesome. So that I is one that's one for the whole family. That's on Disney Plus. Yes. Um, I forgot to say where some of mine are available, so I'll just quickly say I'm thinking of ending things, and Carol are both on Netflix. Dr. Zhivago's on HBO Max. Unfortunately, all the other ones, I think, on my list are not on a streamer. Well, some of them are on, like, FUBU and stuff like that, but um, not on the mainstream streamers. Mm. Well, those are some Mm. solid uh, recommendations. Truly solid, I'd say. It's our gift. It's our gift to the listener. Yeah. So I I think I heard some that I haven't seen. So, John, thanks. Uh, (laughs) I'd like to see some new Christmas movies. So other than just watching some old nostalgic ones, I haven't watched any new new movies yet this year. I haven't watched uh, Black Christmas ever, but I've been tempted to watch the original Black Christmas. Yeah. I think that's on Criterion. I think it is still, yes. Yeah. Is it? What yep. is Black Christmas? Dark. Violent. <laughs> violent. Dark and violent. Okay. If anybody has any good, um, more good disaster piece Thanksgiving family get-togethers, apparently that's my my interest in this in this area. So <laughs> I'd love to, I'd love to get some recommendations. <laughs> Bad family get-togethers. That's what I need. Great. Well, maybe on Christmas Eve, Mike and I will snuggle up on the couch with our Dominic's rigatoni and meatballs. We've already decided (laughs) we'll be doing our takeout from Dominic's. And anyone local that's listening, if you are also doing takeout as opposed to cooking in, if it's just the two of you, like it's going to be Mike and I, patronize your local restaurant that's doing... uh, doing a takeout as we are please and um, keep them in mind for gift cards which are great for, mm-hmm. for the holidays to get some That's gift right. cards you can buy a lot of them online too mm-hmm. sit at yeah. your computer and help out all the local restaurants they need it that's right they need our help especially right now so that's what we're gonna do we'll, we'll find a new uh holiday movie to watch huh mike nice I'm, I'm kind of curious about Happiest Season, uh, Kristen Sterling. I know. I haven't watched it yet. It's got a good cast. Yeah, I've heard good things, too. I've, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. a good one. Good one to watch. Let's see how it goes. It's been fun. All right, team. That's right. It has been fun. So thank you for spending a lot of time putting together your lists. <laughs> I know I spent my time taking my many pages of notes just to tell you how much I hate Family Stone. <laughs> Maybe I Erica, you can recommend. do a cinema soapbox, an expanded, an extended cut <laughs> of Erica's review of Family Stone. No, maybe I'll get on my cinema soapbox to talk about how much I hate any movie that Sarah Jessica Parker is in, um, any role she plays other than Carrie Bradshaw, because okay. I think All Carrie right. Bradshaw is her literally just being herself, which is fine. I would her Erica, acting. You- you are forgetting one movie that you love. Oh. LA Story. Yeah, but I think she's just being herself in that movie too, except slightly dumber. <laughs> Big fan here. Big fan. I do love that movie though. <laughs> SJP. SJP. Big fan. Big fan. <laughs> I'm a little fan of SJP. Little. But yeah, you're right. That is one of my favorite movies. And in fact, someday I'm going to do elevator pitch for it. Ooh, all right. Can't wait. <laughs> well, it's been a uh, interesting year. I miss not seeing you guys in, in real life, but it's been nice to see you every week here. So that's right. It definitely helps. Monday kicking off the week. That's when we record these and starting the week with you guys has been great. So Thank John, you for if, I, that. if there's any consolation, I can promise you I smell better online than I do in person. <laughs> <laughs> I can verify that. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Look at that. All right. 
thanks for being with us this week and thanks for being with us in 2020. We really appreciate it. Stick with us in 2021 for all the exciting things we have planned. We love you here at Film Grain, me, John, Mike. <laughs> have a wonderful holiday. <laughs> thanks for listening to Film Grain. Bye. Uh, Bye. Great. All right, I'm ending, <laughs> ending this recording. <laughs>